So now we are ready for our speaker tonight, um, which is Matt Gio. Yay. I know a lot of you know Matt, but he has just such a deep heart for just just intimacy with God and just one of those people that just burns to bring uh, the kingdom to earth. So don't know what he's going to bring for us tonight, but I know it's going to be good. So thanks, Matt. So I'm going to just start with prayer. Um, So, Father, thank you for um, for today and just for the intimate time of worship that we had. Um, thank you that you thank you for showing up, God. You're the reason that we're here. You're the reason why we come, God. Without you, there's there really is no reason to be here. So, um, besides enjoying family, but you you are the primary reason for us to be here. So we just just ask that you would come even more, that um, you would just um, just sleep away and just take away anything that's distracting us, distracting me, God, that um, you would speak through me, that it wouldn't just be my words, um, that you would just uh, give me the grace um, to represent you well. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, come. Yeah. So, the thing that uh, God put on my heart to share is, um, I just just felt this longing in the heart of Jesus towards all of us. Um, I believe a lot of us have reached a point where where we just want more. You know, there's not really much more to say than that. We just want more. And... um, and I'll just start with my, my own journey. Um, I, I went through a season, probably probably a good five to six months um, last year of um, just, I guess, what you call unhealthy introspection. Um, is because, you know, you know, I would go and uh, minister and a lot of times I wouldn't see what I was expecting. And, you know, like I did before, like there are seasons where it's almost like everyone I prayed for got healed. And then all of a sudden something changed. And, and it, you know, and then I quickly realized, because in that time, God drew more near. But as God drew more near, my reaction was to go, oh my gosh, what is all this stuff in me that's blocking me from receiving God? And I started down this downward spiral of just going, man, I'm like, I'm just so selfish. Like, if I were to just give up my comforts, then Jesus could move through me. It was just, it was a really, really hard time for me because um, like I saw the world's dire need for Jesus and I just felt like the most selfish person in the world because here I am caring more about my comforts than those around me that are 
uh, you know, figuratively and literally dying. And, yeah, it's just an unhealthy pressure to put on yourself. It's just, um, you know, obviously I'm not Jesus, but um, it, it is what it, it was what it was. I mean, it's just, um, I, part of it was that I was hungry. I was hungry to see what, uh, see what was on the pages of Scripture become reality. I was hungry for his kingdom to invade. But what I didn't realize um, at first was that um, my identity was locked up in what I perceived to be success. You know, people getting healed, people getting saved, people getting set free. Like, if, you, if I were to go into my mind and go, oh, of course that's not why I'm doing it. But in my heart, um, there is this orphan still inside of me. And, and no matter what I did, I could not find a solution. I could not find a way to get healed. You know, I did, you know, inner healing, all that stuff, but it just, nothing worked for whatever reason. And I felt so distant from Jesus. And, you know, I know now that it was because of my self-loathing, basically. It created a wall. Like, no, I, I felt ashamed. I felt like, no, Jesus, I'm not worthy for you to come close. So he, you can come close because I know that I need you, but only up to a certain point. Um, and that was, that, uh, that just being really vulnerable, that was my life until December of last year. Um, and then I went to this conference called the Jesus Conference in Orlando. And I was like, well, I just, I, I know I need more Jesus. I just don't know what I need. So I'm just going to go and see what happens. <laughs> um, I was very, you know, excited about it, you know, because uh, just the lineup of speakers. I mean, you had, what, uh, Daniel, Kalinda, Todd White, Bill Johnson, Benny Hen. I mean, you had, it was a crazy lineup. Uh, Lou Engel. Um, um, so, I mean, obviously, I, you know, that's why I was excited to go. I mean, you got many, many, uh, fathers of the faith there. Um, and I was just expecting to, you know, just be blessed by their ministry. Um, but what happened is that during worship and during the ministry, uh, Jesus showed up. You know, it, it was one of those times when you don't really need to explain to anyone that Jesus showed up. You just know. <laughs> it's just so heavy and so amazing that all you can do is cry because he, he's here. And um, so... One, during one of the worship sessions, I went into this vision, and I saw Jesus walking towards me, and I'm like, oh boy, here, here he comes. You know, that's what my heart was feeling. 
<laughs> and like, oh man, like, what am I going to say to him? Like, I feel so distant. But he just kept walking towards me, smiling, you know, just, um, and he did something interesting. I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in the chair, okay, because I just wasn't connecting. And he came up to me, and then he kneeled before me, and I'm like, no, 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 you can't kneel before me, Jesus. <laughs> I just felt so awkward, and then he, he, uh, he didn't let me resist. He pulled my head towards his and the side of his head, and for the first time in my entire life, I actually felt his hair rub against my face. And... You know, obviously he said he loved me, and he, you know, but he said a lot more that's private. But it's just, um, you know, he basically opened himself up to me in a way where I saw who he truly was. And then I went into heaven and for the first time got to gaze into the Father's face. I know for some people that might rub you the wrong way, uh, you know, but because, you know, the Bible says nobody's seen the face of God. But, you know, I saw the face, at least his eyes. I mean, it was very, very bright, and I could only see his eyes. Whoa. And they looked like, like basically blue stars in his eyes that were that bright. Whoa. <laughs> um. That's all I can say about that encounter. But, um, <laughs> um, but um, what I what I took away from that is that Jesus didn't really he wasn't at all concerned about what was going on in here, and that surprised me. I'm like, well, what do you mean you? It doesn't matter. Like, and you know, when I came to the realization that really all I needed was Jesus. I didn't need to fix this. Because after that encounter, I, I honestly could care less what's going on in here as long as I have Jesus. <laughs> I'm not beating myself up anymore. I really could care less what I'm struggling with. I just want Jesus. That's all I care about. Because when I'm with him, this just somehow manages to clean itself up. I don't really know how it works, but (laughs) I wasn't involved, but Jesus did it somehow. (laughs) And I feel like some of some of us still have a problem with dealing with this inside of us and it hinders us from feeling like we can draw near to Jesus. And I just feel this pull, this tug of Jesus' heart towards us. 
It's almost like he's saying, I don't care, just come. Just come as you are. Just as his word says, approach the throne of grace with boldness. In your time of need, that's what it says, in your time of need, approach the throne with boldness. It doesn't say, when you got your act together, approach the throne with boldness. I don't know if you realize this, but this whole thing about fixing this is Old Covenant. It's for freedom's sake that Christ set us free. What, why is that important? Because now I don't have to be concerned about this anymore. I have Jesus. The Bible literally says that I am the righteousness of Christ. And there is no distinction between Jesus' righteousness and mine. That's what Paul says. Do you realize what that means? Like God doesn't look at at me or you and then look at Jesus and go, oh, that's Jesus' righteousness and that's your righteousness. He goes, no, Jesus' righteousness. Jesus' righteousness. If you don't believe me, look, look for yourself. And the whole point of him dying on the cross is so that we could have relationship. Not so that we could fix ourselves. Not so that we could feel better about ourselves. He wants us to, but not independently of him. And see, that's, that's, the, that's the temptation right there. It's like, well, I need all these things so that I can feel significant. And I've struggled with that for years. Just to be honest with you. But when you have Jesus, none of that matters anymore. The most significant thing you could ever feel, experience, or encounter is that you're his. When you actually encounter him and you get these gaze into his face, you realize none of that's important. What's important is that you're his. It really doesn't matter all that much as long as you have him. And I want to, I'm going to read this passage because I, I saw this in such a new way after that encounter. Isaiah 55, verses 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For years I saw that passage as, oh, like, I'm such a small thinker. You know, because God's ways are higher and my his thoughts are higher. Like, you know, it's almost like I would beat myself up for not having higher thoughts. I don't I don't know if anyone else has done that, but um But you know what? Now this verse actually gives me so much hope. You wanna know why? Because it's not up to me anymore to make things happen. 
It's not up to me anymore to come up with the good ideas to transform the world. It's not up to me anymore to figure things out and to realign my ways. It's I just get to be with Jesus, and his ways are just higher than mine, and he just does it. And I don't have to do it anymore. You know how freeing that is? I no longer see that as kind of like a, almost like a a wedge between us. Like, oh, God is so much higher than me. You know what's great about him being, his ways higher than mine is that I get to benefit from that. So it's no longer a thing that feels like a wedge. I don't need to fix myself anymore. I just want Jesus. That's all, that's all that matters. I mean, really, when, when it comes down to, I mean, if you accomplish something in this life without Jesus, it's not eternal anyway. You know, something that Jesus showed me a few years ago is that anything he doesn't do is not eternal. The goal is to be in partnership with him and do things with him. If you want to have eternal impact, you need to do it with him in relationship. I'm going to switch gears a little bit because I, I feel that tug in Jesus' heart. He, he wants that relationship. And sometimes we overly complicate what that looks like. You know, we go into our quiet times, we open the Bible, we're like, oh, what passages am I going to read? And there's nothing wrong with that. But you know what Jesus really wants? He just wants you to be real with him. Oftentimes we can open our Bibles and and we're going for some sort of result instead of intimacy. We're going for, oh, I feel better now, instead of two-way relationship with him. You know, something that Jesus, you know, I, I kind of went into this, you know, imaginative, I guess it, it was a, I guess it's a vision, I don't know what you call it, but he was talking to me in one of my quiet times, and he said to me, close my eyes, and just imagine that I physically manifest in front of you, like I'm physically there, and now I'm walking towards you, and, you know, I actually feel like I was in a vision, I was actually seeing this, it became my imagination into a vision, and he's just looking straight at me. And somehow I knew as he was looking at me, he could see everything inside of me. Like there was nothing hidden. And you just feel so vulnerable. You're just like, uh, 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 what? what? Uh. <laughs> You're just like, um, okay. <laughs> because when you're with him, you know that he can't be manipulated because he can see everything. And we're so used to our interactions with people. I'm not saying that, um, I'm not, you know, 
get my heart. I'm not, I'm not trying to badmouth people and everything. But, you know, there are times when we divert to what we're used to in interacting with people, especially when we're feeling insecurity. You know, we manipulate people into doing what we want. But with Jesus, nope. That, he, he already knows exactly what I'm going to be, what I'm going to say. And I, I had this stark awareness that he knew what I was going to say. He knew what I was feeling. And I'm just like, ooh. Um, but, so he's, just imagine for yourself, he's staring straight at you. And he stops in front of you. And he says, I have come to spend the day with you. And then suddenly I'm in this place and there's a bench and he motions for me to sit down. And then he has something interesting, like what would you like to say to me now? Just imagine he's physically there. What would you say to Jesus if he physically manifested and decided to spend the whole day with you? And you knew that if you were being fake, he would know. So, <laughs> so you're incredibly real with him. But what would you say? And that was when the vision ended. And he said to me, well, why haven't you told me that before? In your quiet time. In your alone time with me. Like, I don't, I don't want relationship with the well-put-together version of you. I want relationship with the real you. Why haven't you been real with me before? And it wasn't a condemning question, but it was a probing question. It was like him just reaching out and going, I want greater intimacy with you. Why have you been withholding from me? And I could feel the anguish in his heart that I would withhold that from him. So I'm, I'm basically over this whole doing things independently of God, getting healed. You know, I know we all realize that it is, it's God who heals and God who, uh, God who breaks the chains and all that. That's... that's that's you know a cornerstone of our theology and just our interaction and experience with God, but there's something deep in here that still sometimes still wants to do things and feel significant because we can do things independently of Him, even with our spiritual gifts. Like I want to have a powerful healing anointing so that. I feel significant. I want to have a powerful prophetic gift, otherwise I feel less significant than that person over there who has that gift. And, you know, again, no judgment and condemnation. I'm just saying we've done that for a long time now, and Jesus still hasn't gotten his full reward. And I just really feel the heart of Jesus pulling us in, going, when are you going to need me, church? When are you really going to need me? 
when am I going to be more important than your next breath? When is your one defense going to be just me? And see, I've, I've gone through just, I'm just with Jesus renewing my mind in a way where it's like, oh man, I really want to say something bad about that person who just cut me off on the road. And then, but then I just catch myself and go, no, I just want Jesus. Or, oh man, what that person said was really offensive. And I'm tempted to react, and, and, but then I go, no, I just want Jesus. I don't, I don't care. I just want Jesus. I don't need to defend myself anymore. I want him to be my defense. I just want Jesus. I don't need anything else. If I have, the Bible says if we have Jesus, we have all things. We have all things in him. And, and you know, what I'm talking about right now is convicting for me too, but the question I hear I'm asking me in the church right now is when is he going to be enough? Because when Jesus shows up, I saw at the Jesus conference, when Jesus shows up, everyone gets healed. When Jesus shows up, everyone is delivered. I mean, you know, Todd probably wouldn't share this, Todd White wouldn't share, but he literally, he said he doesn't remember a lot of what happened because he literally got possessed by Jesus. And he walked around the room didn't do anything. He just walked around the room and people, you know, like kind of like at a Catherine Coleman meeting, but more, which is saying something. People, it's like a wave just falling. Like he didn't do anything. And he, the entire time walking around is just sobbing. And he's just a mess. And if you look at this room, like if I'm Todd White and I'm standing here and I'm sobbing and every time I would sob, People, all of you would just be on the ground, manifesting and, and falling over. And ever since that day when I experienced that, I, I, I can't settle for anything less anymore. And I believe it is his heartbeat to show up like that all the time. Where when you look at me, when people look at you, they see Jesus. I'm not saying you're not significant. Obviously you are because Jesus stopped at nothing to purchase you and to win you back. You're so significant to him. But how can you be the unique expression that Jesus put you here to express if Jesus is not in the picture, if you're operating only in your spiritual gifts. Hey, you know, his gifts and his call are irrevocable. Once he gives it to you, you can actually operate in your gifts independent of him because he always honors his word. He will not take his gift back.
So I'm here just saying I, I don't, I'm at a place where I'm deeply grateful for the spiritual gifts God has given me, but I don't ever want to anymore operate in them if Jesus is not doing the same thing. Because the world needs Jesus. And you know, I think the last thing Jesus wanted me to share is... just a difficulty I've had in pursuing my relationship with him sometimes. We sometimes approach him, especially when we're having a hard time with something. Um, We approach him, and we tend to set these expectations of how God can come through and answer. And we list them out. And sometimes God is like, I actually don't want to do it in a way that's on your list. But we don't hear him because we're so caught up in our list of this is how God's going to come through. And and just being very vulnerable, like sometimes it's because my emotions want him to do it that way. In other words, I want to emotionally manipulate him without realizing I'm doing that into answering this way. So I'm putting him in a box. I'm lim- trying to limit him to my expectation of how he should answer. And again, I'll put, bring you back to the passage. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. And thank God they are. <laughs> he doesn't change. Something that I realized this morning is the incredible importance of the immutability of God. His love never changes. And what does that immutability look like? In Psalm 100, it says, For the Lord is good, his loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness to all generations. You realize that if he gave in to our emotional manipulation, he would no longer be the safe, loving God that every generation can rely on because he's now changed himself in order in, to be manipulated by us into answering us in the way that we want him to. He won't change the way he is. If our approach to relationship with him is manipulative, or trying to control something, you know, and I'm not saying we do that consciously all the time, but subconsciously sometimes in our heart, our pain does it without us realizing it. And that that was a huge roadblock for me in connecting with God. I didn't, I couldn't understand God. Why won't you answer this way? I would get so disappointed. I would get so butt hurt. <laughs> And one day God said, do you trust me to do it my way? 
And I didn't know what he meant by that at first. But as I spent time with him, I started realizing what he meant. That the ways that I felt like I needed him to answer weren't, wasn't the best way. He had a better way. But I didn't realize that until after the fact, until after he answered. And I'm like, wow, I'm really glad you didn't do it my way. And that, that's my heart. Like, obviously, a lot of you have heard that um, uh, me and Carissa are going to be leading the prayer ministry. And our heart is that Jesus shows up. I'm so grateful. I, mean, I really am grateful for all the breakthrough we've seen, all the healings, all that. And a lot of times it's, it is because Jesus showed up. But I want that to become the norm. Where it doesn't matter anymore if anyone even remembered who prayed for them because Jesus showed up. (laughs) And people come because Jesus is here. And we learn how to cultivate that relationship with him where he just feels so welcome to follow us around. In fact, we're not following him around. Um, It may start like that, but what really needs to happen is we're following him around because we have that relationship where we can actually see him and see where where he's going. It's kind of like when Mother Teresa would look into someone's eyes and go, I see Jesus in that person and gives them food. Not that that's what I'm burning for. I just want Jesus. I'm I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of what's going on in here. And I'm not even gonna deal with that anymore. I just want Jesus. I just want to feel his embrace. I just want his presence. I just want his fire. I just want him to be present. That's that's all I care about. I could care less about anything else. I'm at a place where if Jesus, you don't show up, then why are we here? Because Jesus is what we need. I mean, throughout the Bible, it says, um, you know, and God helped me connect the dots where he said, you know, he starts off with, apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, that's actually very true. And then he said, submit to God, in James, submit to God, then resist the devil and he will flee. And then if you connect another dot, walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's a promise. It's not like a condemning thing, like, oh, you're not walking in the spirit, that's why you fell into sin. No, it's... It's a promise. If I abide, if I allow him to be my defense from temptation, instead of me going, oh, I can't give in to this temptation. Uh, you know what I've 
started doing, I just start speaking in tongues and just imagining myself in the arms of Papa. Instead of even trying to resist it. I just don't care anymore. I just want him. And you know what? The devil doesn't have any defense for that. <laughs> because you're not engaging him anymore. And that, that's, that was the whole goal anyway. The spirit and the bride shout, come, come Lord Jesus, come. He's coming back for a bride that's already in partnership with him, that's already victorious. And I think this is just the next step where we actually need him for everything. Where it's not just about results, like I need breakthrough here, but we want him instead. Because when he comes, all this is taken care of anyway. He's the best at doing family, too. You know, I've, I've had pictures, and I think it's Jesus, and showing me what family would look like when he's present. And because his love would just be just permeating through all of us. It would just come so naturally for us. Like, I'm really, really grateful for Pastor Brent and Suzanne and just they're contending for that family and that vulnerability. And you know, it takes time. And rightly so, because relationship can't happen instantly. But I feel like I've seen a supernatural thing that God wants to do because this church is not to stay small. I've seen it many times. And when this church explodes and gets big, you know, the leadership here can't possibly micromanage everyone's relationship and make sure that true vulnerability happens and intimacy happens and all that stuff. It's just impossible without God. But when Jesus shows up, people just naturally want to do it. And that, I, I believe that's the key to you know, people say you don't want quantity, you want quality. Well, I believe when Jesus shows up, you get both. Yeah. <laughs> See, when, when we do things according to our ability, we, we only get what we're capable of doing. But when Jesus shows up, we get what he's capable of doing. Yeah, Jesus, only Jesus. That's 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 my heart. That's that's what I'm burning for right now. I mean, I've I've done all the other stuff, and have come to the conclusion that really all I need is Jesus. 
That's it. It really is. That's it. So I want to pray for you guys. And then after, um, we're going to, I have a video I want to play. And rather than doing the normal ministry time, like I want you guys to just connect with Jesus. Like all the things that are in the way, all the, the ways that you felt like you've misunderstood him. I want you to just lay it at his feet and just connect with him. And just respond to the pulling of his heart towards you. Um, but I'm going to pray first. Lord Jesus, you are our one desire. You're the one, whole reason why we do this. Without you, there's no, no point to it, really. Would you come? God, I pray that all of us, me included, would actually be able to feel the vibration of your heartbeat towards us. God, that we could not ignore it anymore. Would you give us the grace? Would you give us grace upon grace upon grace for a zealous hunger that cannot be quenched, that we would not settle for anything less than you? Your perfect will relationship with you. Where we would not settle for anything less except that you would show up. So come, Jesus. We invite you to have your way in our hearts and in our lives. Do whatever pleases you. Come and do whatever you want in us, God. In Jesus' name. So whoever's in control of the video thing, can you put that on? And if you want to come up to the front, you can. But the important thing is just engage with him. Can you turn it up a little bit?
you Jesus and we want you we can't do anything apart from you you are the giver of life apart from you we don't have life you're the giver of love apart from you we don't have love and we could go on and on Jesus you have all things and so just tell you again, Jesus, this uh, this expression called blazing fire, it's, it's not mine. It doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to Suzanne. It's yours. It, it belongs to you, Jesus. And so we just declare that, Jesus, you are the, you are the, the CEO, the CFO, <laughs> the everything, the everything um, of blazing fire. And uh, this, we exist because, because you put us here, you put us together. And we're saying, Jesus, it has to be, this has to be an expression of you, and it has to be something. We have to meet with you. We have to to um, encounter you. We need you at such a deep level, so much more than we know. We need you, we need you, we need you, Jesus. So I thank you, Lord, even. Thank you for the tears tonight. I thank you for the, uh, just, just your heart through Matthew that, it's kind of gripping us to say it, it, it is that simple and, and that profound at the same time that, that Jesus, you are everything we need. Everything. So thank you. And we know 
you know, we, we hear the kids coming back in and it's all, it's actually all part of your plan <laughs> that somehow we do all this. It's, you don't care whether it's messy or not. You just, you just want to be invited into all of it. So, so thank you, Jesus. We love you so much. We love you. We love you. We love you. And I thank you that I just have a, a, a sense tonight. This is a, this is a significant time tonight, a significant place, a moment, but it's so much more than that. It's, it's, uh, it's an invitation into a way of life. So, so Lord, as we go and as we, uh, just, I'm saying, don't let this wane, let it increase, let it just increase. Lord, that's what revival is. Revival isn't us making something happen. It's you showing up so dramatically, irresistibly that we can't, there's no way to say no to you. We don't want to say no. We want to say yes, 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 Jesus. In, just increase what you've done tonight. Let this just be the beginning of, of, of more, of the more that Matthew said, you know, we're all just crying out for and wanting and needing. Lord, don't let us substitute you with stuff, whether that's the world stuff or just busy stuff, because none of that's going to suffice. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Let this let this presence just filter into our homes, into our businesses, our workplace, our schools. Lord, we, we do believe, and I know that, that revival is sweeping across the earth, but, but just so long as we, you know, uh, identify what that is, revival is you. <laughs> it is you showing up. It's you, Jesus. It's you, Jesus, and we love you and we want you. We love you. And we want you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. So if you want, you know, go when you want to. I know some of you have kids that, and you'll need to go and that's okay. Jesus goes with you. If you want to just sit and be for a while. I don't know, can we play that video again? And just, just for those that want to sit and, and be. So, uh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus.